What is up, Level Up Nation, and welcome to the Gamescom Opening Night Live Recap Edition of Level Up Live, your home for gaming esports news brought to you by OTN Media. My name is Fiasco, but you can go ahead and call me John, and I am joined, as always, by the king of the courtside, the courtside king, but you can call him Joey. What's up, buddy? John, it is a wonderful week. We are now to the European edition of E3, per se. Again, no E3 this year. We did have Summer Game Fest in its place, and very similar kind of themes going on here with Jeff Keighley leading the shot. Absolutely. But Nation, before we can even dive headfirst into today's amazing episode, just a little housekeeping. Make, make sure, blah, 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 words. It's not like I've only done this 287 times. Nation, make sure you follow the show live on Twitter and Facebook at Level Up Live. And while you're on Twitter, make sure to follow Joey at Courtside King, myself at Fiasco. And again, that's at Level Up Live for the show on Twitter and Facebook. It's at LVLUP Live. Nation, uh, while the live show here on Twitch is the place to be, don't worry. We offer the show in the podcast form as well. Check out the Level Up podcast available on your podcatcher of choice. And as always, patreon.com slash OTN for extra credit, extra benefits, earn our eternal love, be our class favorite. Uh, we don't play favorites, but if you go to patreon.com slash OTN, you could be. I mean, it's, it's, it is what it is. Joey. I mean, it's pretty straightforward, uh, but uh, tease us a little bit. What are we talking about tonight on the show? John, we're diving into Gamescom. Again, guys, for those who don't know too much about it, it's pretty much the biggest gaming event over in Europe. It does run multiple days, though. I think it runs all the way through Sunday. I like the 20... What is Sunday? The 27th? 28th this time? 28th. Sure. Sunday the 28th. Uh, so it's going to run for a few more days after this. With that being said, Jeff Keighley got us started today with a long two-hour show showcasing world premieres we saw a new dlc for games that have released uh for games that are coming soon we got some new looks some gameplay some cgi trailers uh with that being said john there was a mix of a lot of games and a lot to discuss today 35 plus games shown we're not going to discuss all of those on the show today but we will select quite a few of them and dive into them sounds very spacey a lot, a lot of space <laughs> stuff uh, which is a, is a theme that needs to go away. All right, Joey, before we even dive into the recap show here, uh, we do need uh, to discuss our drink of choice. It's a special show, so it deserves a special beverage of choice. Joey, what are you drinking for tonight's show? I'm switching it up, John. Uh, it actually matches the jersey you're wearing over there. I'm drinking oh. a Top Shelf IPA, fancy little hockey label. This one's from Locker 18 and Calvert Brewing, so I think it's a little collaboration between the two. I'm wearing a soccer jersey. But How you're does that wearing mean? red, white, and blue, and the colors on my thing are red, white, and blue, plus a black puck in the middle. But <laughs> And they're both sports. See, there's plenty of lines to be drawn here, ladies and gentlemen. What are you drinking, sir? Coke Zero. Uh, oh nothing gosh. fancy. You're not going to do me like that. I am going to do you like that, Joey, because prior to the show, I was uh, getting ready for my three hours of being lost in a maze, <laughs> going for the Lucid Nightmare Mount. Uh, in World of Warcraft, which I'll be doing after the show, uh, so I'll be pulling my hair out. Make sure you join us in Discord if you want to watch me literally pull my hair out as I get lost in this maze that has no map to it. Um, but Joey, it, it, it's not the holy crap John's going to get lost in a maze podcast. It is the Level Up podcast, which means it is time to jump into our gaming esports news section, which you might as well just call the Gamescom Opening Night Live Recap section. And of course, this section is presented by Gamer Bytes, bite-sized gaming and esports news delivered weekly directly to your inbox. Sign up today for the next edition comes out Friday mornings, or if life is horrible this week, Saturday 
We'll let you know. We're aiming for Friday this week, though, uh, for Gamer Bites. Joey, let's go ahead and kick it off with our recap show here of Opening Night Live of Gamescom. Absolutely. For the podcast listeners, congratulations. You get this a little bit early. For the live viewers, sorry we didn't give you a bigger heads up. We did end up changing the time this week because John and I have a fantasy football draft on Thursday and Gamescom happened on Tuesday and we wanted to hit the news as soon as possible to get it into your ears. With that being said, John, again, we selected... It's like 15 or so games, and we might dive into a couple more, but to kick things off, a movie that John and I really enjoyed recently, this one kind of one of the biggest movies of the year when it initially came out, and that is Dune. Dune has already gotten one game with Spice Wars and now is getting a second, this one, Dune Awakening. John, I'm stoked for this. I had heard there was another Dune game in the works. I heard it had some survival elements. I was not expecting it to be a survival MMO, though. Yeah, uh, this is pretty freaking awesome. I'm stoked for it uh, as someone who really enjoys MMOs. The graphics look incredible. Granted, I think this was just this this was just a CGI trailer, correct? Yeah, it wasn't I this is all CGI. Yeah. yeah. Regardless, I love this movie. Uh, I, I love the story that it tells. I thought it was absolutely fantastic, and the CGI trailer has me super pumped for it. Also, um, yeah, I I love it. I'm excited for it. I I can't wait to play it. Yeah, it looks good. So diving into some of the stuff while we play the CGI trailer here on Twitch. Uh, Survive the most dangerous planet in the universe. This is coming from the website, by the way, for those that want to look it up, dunegames.com. This is telling us some of the survival elements involved. We're going to build shelters against sandstorms. Uh, We have to maintain our suit. On top of that, master ways to walk throughout the desert. Uh, I don't want to spoil anything for those who haven't seen the Dune movie, but the book has been out for, uh, it's been, what, 50, 60 years at this point? Uh, So it's been out for a hot minute. Um, there are giant sandworms in the desert, and one of the things that's portrayed throughout the movie in the book is how to walk through the desert to avoid them. That's going to be a big part of this game as well. Uh, it's ever-changing, so the world is going to continue to change, whether it be weather reasons, whether it be scavenge that comes from space or from other areas throughout the map. Uh, there's going to be different secrets and riches to kind of discover as well as you traverse it. There's going to be the spice. The spice is another huge part of Dune. Uh, The spice trade is a reason a lot of the violence happens on the planet of Arrakis. Uh, There's going to be a lot of different things involved with that, um, from different raiders coming in to different vehicles being involved to transport it. Uh, This, to me, sounds really interesting, John. I'm just curious, as someone who comes from kind of, I'm not going to say an MMO background, but you've definitely dove into quite a few MMOs, this, to me, sounds more like a battle royale than an MMO to me. Yeah, it, it kind of does uh, with the way they described it, um, which, I mean, technically a battle royale is an MMO. It's, it's a multi, massive multiplayer online game. Um, when we think MMOs, we think RPG MMOs or MMORPGs, I should say, mm. uh, like your World of Warcraft, like your Guild Wars, like your Star Wars, the Old Republics. Um, but but yes, this definitely does have more of a battle royale feel to it from the description. Um Maybe a little misleading just using MMO. Maybe uh, maybe finally Battle Royale is no longer the sexy term out mm. there. Uh, but yeah, um, I, I think it is a little bit more Battle Royale. And as someone who doesn't like Battle Royales, I'm still going to give this a shot because I absolutely love Dune. It just looks cool. And Panicking Pat joining chat, I think this one's definitely down your alley as well, Pat. It's a Dune open world survival MMO that John and I think is a little bit more Battle royale on top of that, it looks like there is some long-term aspects too, though, John. You can construct your own fortress as well. So outside of just shelters against sandstorms, there is like a fortress building element to it. It looks like there's plans as far as like owning a faction. So the three of us could get together. We could have a faction. Uh, spice trading. It's kind of like a little bit of a stock market situation going on there. Like when to trade spice, when to harvest. 
Uh, it feels like there's a lot to this, both tactically as well as mechanically going on here as well. Yeah, which would be a really unique aspect to it. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's really cool. I, I, lo I love the faction idea with it. Um, obviously, having kind of a, a market for the spice trade is is really cool. I mean, you're really immersing yourself into the world, into the universe, and the story of Dune that way. I, I, I think it's pretty cool. Um, I, I want to see more. I want to learn more about it for sure. Um, but it's definitely a game that's high on my list going forward. Yeah, looks really cool. I'm going to post the website for those live with us here in Twitch chat as well. I don't know if T-SPANS is in here, but this website's really cool. It's like a side-scrolling website with screenshots and different information as you go. Uh, dumb question, is this based on the movie Dune? Yes, uh, I believe so. Uh, lots of stuff driven from the movie, but they're probably going to pull from the book as well, uh, I would assume, depending how deep this gets lore-wise. Anything else on Dune, sir? I'm excited for this one. I think, to me, this was probably one of the games that stood out the most so far in the opening night show. Uh, oh, oh, definitely agreed. Dune, I mean, just with how great it looked, 100%. 100, 100%. Oh, Pat, if you haven't seen the movie, you have to go see the movie. Well, yes. I guess you can't see it in theaters at this point, but it's got to be streaming somewhere. That movie was phenomenal. Really, really good. Okay, next up on our list, let's talk DualSense. Uh, Sony has made a showing at the show. It was not a game, as people were hoping for, but they did come in and show us some new hardware. Uh, a little bit behind the time, some people are saying, because Xbox has been doing this for a couple generations now. With that being said, I think the DualSense is also ahead in other ways. I mean, you have the haptic feedback. Xbox controllers don't have that. You have the lighting elements and different things like that as well, the gyro. So there are definitely things that all the controllers across all major parties have. Uh, with that being said, Sony really taking a step forward here, taking what we saw with the Xbox Elite controller and now moving it into their DualSense controller. So on top of those cool haptics, you can also now have back triggers. You can have customizable analog sticks and all of that goodness as well. Uh, John, I think this is a necessary move for today's gaming customization needs, and I think it's a really good one at that. Oh, 100%. Uh, do I think that this is a Gamescom-worthy announcement in comparison to, to everything else we had? Yeah, probably not. I probably, I probably could have gone with the uh, forced ad on IGN uh, being forced to watch this or one of those stupid pre-rolls on YouTube. Um, I, I think this is probably like one of the least exciting announcements we had all night. I mean, don't get me wrong. Congratulations, PlayStation owners. You guys now essentially have a, a souped-up $300 controller that you can buy. Uh, but, yeah, I just, I don't know. Like, I, I think it's great, but I really think it was, it kind of missed the mark a little bit for this presentation. I can't believe you just downgraded this to a pre-roll ad on an IGN stream. I'm just saying. That's essentially what it is. I mean, that, uh, look. A new controller like this isn't groundbreaking. It isn't earth-shattering. It isn't, oh my god, it's Dune MMO. It's Spites Trade. It's a video game. No. It's a controller that's going to sell to a very small number of gamers out there. Ones that can actually afford it, and then the ones that can afford it and actually want it. Um, and I just... I don't know. Like, like to me, I just... I don't think it was all that great. I don't know. That's Maybe I'm missing something. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I've honestly never had an Xbox Elite controller either. Same kind of reason. You're paying $120 plus for it. And I do perfectly fine with a normal controller. I like the idea of the back paddles. I think that's kind of a cool concept. And I think some yeah. of the customization with like the color stuff, like from the design lab, I really like that aspect with Xbox. But yeah, overall, I think the base Sony controller is fine. Uh, if you're a competitive gamer playing at a pro level or wanting to move to a pro level, maybe it's worth investing in this. Get your custom analog sticks. 
um, change up your grip, get your backlog analogs or triggers rather. I think there's definitely a market for it, but like you said, it's definitely going to be more niche. I think it's fine to fit in the showcase. I would have rather seen a game come from Sony, but I think they have their own showcase early on in September. A lot of people are projecting like September 8th for that. So if Sony does a show on September 8th, it makes sense that they would hold their announcements for that. Uh, with that being said, I think PSVR 2 would have fit better here as well. Th that, yes. I, I think a VR headset, a, a VR unit would have been fine, um, but a pimped out expensive controller that not a lot of people are going to buy. I just honestly think IGN missed an opportunity here oh to have it, on their, <laughs> have it on their webpage. You and your pre-roll ads, I swear. <laughs> uh, next up, let's talk the Callisto Protocol. This is a game that we've seen a few times now. It seems to be in every one of Jeff's shows as of recent. Uh, it's pretty much a spiritual successor to Dead Space. And it's funny because it's coming out about a month before Dead Space actually gets a revival from EA. Dead Space, for those who don't know, is kind of a space horror thriller kind of game. You're a, uh, I don't know if you're an astronaut exactly, but you're someone who gets caught in space. You're on this abandoned space station or ship, rather, and you're kind of working your way through the environment as these aliens have kind of morphed and changed uh, throughout the ship. Now, with that being said, this is going to take place on its own planet, I believe, compared to actually on a spaceship. Um, but there are some really cool environmental things going on, as well as it's keeping that dark thriller type of theme. Uh, I'm not a big horror game fan, and this kind of, it has horror elements, but it branches off from that as well with kind of some Fallout customization coming in too. With that being said, I see a lot of horror thriller fans enjoying this one quite a bit. Uh, John, are you going to be picking up the Callisto Protocol when it drops early December? No. Uh, no, I think it looks fine and everything. And if you love gore, this game is going to have a crap ton of it. Yeah. I mean, from the little uh, preview that we saw, um, which I was kind of looking for in this YouTube video. I didn't see the the actual gameplay trailer. Did uh, I grab at, the wrong link, maybe? At the, yeah, I think it was just the... Um, I'll, I'll see if I can find it while I'm talking here. But uh, let's see. Yeah, uh, there it is. Okay, cool. Um, I'll pull that up. We'll oh, yeah, that. I have it too. Okay, cool. Because, cool, we'll transition back over. See, we're doing it live. So the gameplay looks fine. Obviously, there's going to be more polishing done here. I think the graphics do look pretty good for what it is. Uh, you got to see the, the in-game mechanics a little bit. You can see how the engine works. You can see how the different uh, uh, mechanics work. Now, obviously, like if you're watching here live on Twitch, um, again, these are the best shows to watch at because like this was very predictable like you, you saw the guy grab a box off the ground so then all of a sudden you see a bad guy and you see a bunch of spinning gears up ahead like okay you you know you're gonna throw them into the gears and get them all chopped up like that's just gonna happen um but it was, it was funny because the guy was talking about how there's a twist at the end of the video and i'm sitting here thinking that the guy makes a mistake and he winds up in the gears and he's gonna get chopped up also but that's not what happened uh, but nonetheless, like I think it looks great. Maybe I might dabble with it. I don't feel like I'm going to pay full price for it. Um, I don't. I, I mean, there's going to be too many games coming out within the same time window uh, that I'm going to be more interested in. That's going to be a little bit higher on my playlist. I may give it a shot later on down the road, but it's it's not one that uh, is I have to play on day one. Now it's going to be a, really high on a lot of people's playlists. Don't get me wrong. Uh, it looks great. The gameplay looks great. I feel like this trailer did a wonderful job showcasing what the game's going to be like. It's going to win a lot of people over, and that's completely cool. It's going to be high on a lot of people's lists. Just for mine, it's going to be a little bit lower. 
Yeah, it's one of those games, like you mentioned, there is a ton of gore involved. Uh, but yeah, for those fans that like Dead Space, that maybe want to play another Dead Space-esque game before the actual Dead Space remake comes out, I actually think this is going to be better than the Dead Space remake, so take that on note as you want to. Uh, a lot of the veterans on that original team before EA shut down the project moved to this project, and then EA said, hey, we've given it enough time, let's revive it, because now there's a competitor out there in just EA fashion. Uh, with that being said, I think the story will be good. It's going to be horror thriller, like we mentioned. The nice thing is so many horror thriller games, and I know this is a big trope that John really likes, is go with the zombie genre. This one kind of so taking it different, going with aliens instead. So at least it does mix things up a little bit there as well. Oh, and here comes the, here comes the shocking part at the end. So as your character's getting thrusted down this water tube, uh, as you're trying to escape here, uh, are you going to get chewed up by gears? No, the answer is not. You're not going to get chewed up by gears, but you're going to slam into some poles as you're going down this water chute. Because I'm assuming you have to try to navigate to miss everything. And then at the very, very end, there's this cool little... Oh, well, you missed that part. So so the little head chopper effect is no good there, <laughs> which is kind of cool. So, so you miss a couple more things. You go through some spider webs. Joey, you know how much you love spiders. Keep going down the water chute some more. Bloop, 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 plop, 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 going, still going down the incredibly, the incredibly fast water slide up. And then look, oh, it, 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 there's a fan there. And he aims directly for the blade. And what happens? You get cut in half. And then you see your body there bleed out from, from the middle. And yeah, that's a lot of fun. Um, not exactly what I was expecting from, uh, <laughs> from, from the gameplay, but he said it was going to be something shocking. Um, I'm going to put that up there where shocking, but at the same time, I feel like that's a restart the level because that's the main character. So uh, at least we know that we can die via fan blade in this game, which a lot of fun. Fan blade after a good two minute long toilet flush, it felt like going down that thing for a hey while. So good old toilet. Uh, Who doesn't love a good toilet flush in a game? <laughs> $60 toilet flush. Let's go. Hey, so yes, guys, Dead Space, Space Thrillers, anything like that, that will be a game to look out for. Again, it drops December 2nd, 2022. It hasn't gone gold yet, but I don't think it's going to be delayed because we have seen it quite a bit. So I think it will make that date uh, again later this year. Next up, I went to my wrong notes page. Let's go back here. Hogwarts Legacy. Uh, this is one John and I are pretty excited for. We have a little Harry Potter fandom here and there. Uh, I'm a Ravenclaw. He is a Slytherin, in case you guys couldn't guess that. Uh, this one has been delayed again, originally set to release in fall 2021. It got delayed. It was supposed to, I don't know if it officially got announced, but it got set for fall 2022, I believe. The official date was technically late November, early December, and that has been shifted a couple months. So now we're looking at February 10th, 2023. I think it will stick with that date. Uh, with that being said, John, the graphics for this have improved so much from every trailer, it seems like, and now our darkest trailer yet. Yeah, uh, I think for all the fans out there that complain about how graphics look when games are still in alpha or still being developed, um, but the the uh, studio wants to get game footage out there to like get people hyped about the game, everyone constantly complains and craps on the studios for how bad the graphics look. The game's still in development, and then they get ticked off. You know, there's all this pressure that gets put on them. And then what does the studio do? They delay the game because what's, what's the last thing they want to do is put out another trailer that's going to get absolutely crapped on all over social media and the Internet. So it gets delayed and then you get something polished and as shiny as the trailer that we got today uh, during uh, to, well, tonight's event. But it was really in the morning <laughs> for the afternoon for us. That Germany life. Yeah, right. And, and this is great. Um, I, I think it's. I think it looks great. I love how dark it is because uh, let's be real here. The last several Harry Potter movies and books were not exactly shiny. Um, 
and and I love this a Thestral mount. Uh, hello, yes, I'm pre-ordering this. It was a game that I was gonna get regardless, uh, and now I'm gonna pre-order the darts the Dark Arts pack. Cause why? Because I'm a consumer whore, apparently, is what it is. And I'm going to get it because I want it. And it's 72-hour early access also, and I just want everything. So just give me everything. I'm going to buy the game. There you go. You heard John's <laughs> advice on the old pre-order. Um, yes, Pat, it is a single-player game. Uh, to my knowledge, there are no multiplayer elements. I could be wrong, but I don't believe they've advertised any. So I think it will be fully single-player. Uh, it's going to take place before Harry, Hermione, and Ron and that good time that came later on. Uh, good or bad, I guess, depending how you look at it. Um, but overall, it should take a darker edge to things. I don't know how many characters we'll recognize from the people who've read like the actual Harry Potter books or watched the movies. Um, I think it's going to be quite a ways back, but there could be some overlap here and there. With that being said, it sounds interesting. It's dark. It's a different take on Harry Potter, and I think it is one to look forward to, uh, especially with the beautiful graphics that it seems to continue to improve on after trailer after trailer. Yeah, and um, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of in a tough spot here, Joey. Oh, do I get it on Xbox or do I get it on PlayStation or get PlayStation? <laughs> okay. Or do I get it on PC? I would just say probably not Nintendo Switch. I think that's the one that because Nintendo I'll Switch is going to have to cloud Switch. stream it. Um, so if you have a choice between the other three, I think those other three are the way to go. Uh, if you want the best graphics, PC is probably the way to go. Uh, if you are an achievement hunter like me, you might lean toward Xbox or PlayStation so you can get your achievements or trophies. Uh, either way, I think it's going to play great. And again, it's single player, so you don't have to worry about any cross-platform interactions or cheating or anything like that either. Yeah, but I have a 1080. <laughs> oh, sure true. Xbox is, I don't know what the specs powerful. are, actually. Do they even have specs yeah. out? Probably not eh, yet. Probably not. We'll, we'll, we'll take a look at it later. It's not a big deal. But no, none, nonetheless, here, Joey, I love this game. I think it looks fantastic. It's definitely high up on my game list to play. Uh, and I'm I'm super excited for a, a legit standalone Harry Potter game that's not a mobile game uh, that, that we can actually play. Not uh, only so that, but I feel like stuff. the other ones kind of restricted you, right? Like even the yes. old ones that were based on the movies, it's, it's like you know what's going to happen. You're playing through mm -hmm. the movie. Sure, you might in a Lego game build something different that leads to a secret passage or whatever. But in most of like the actual realistic games, it was literally playing through the movie with very little difference. This at least is bringing a new story in. And it's allowing you to make your own choices, create your own elements as well. So I think that's going to be a cool part, too. Did I just freeze there? Or are you just waiting for me? You, you did. I was waiting okay. for you to come back. <laughs> no, you. <laughs> I can never tell with the smirk now because you burned me last week. I didn't freeze and I thought I was. Uh, next up on the list. So, again, very cool stuff with Harry Potter. Next up is an old well, friend, a blue friend. Hold on real quick. Pat has said this is the first time I've ever said anything positive about Xbox. Oh, no. Here we go. And it is not. It is not the first time I've said anything positive about face, uh, Facebook, Xbox. It's the second time I've said something positive about Xbox. Uh, so, yes, we'll, we'll, we'll go with that, though. But, yes, I'm, I apologize for interrupting, Joe. And, Pat, it is going to look really good on Xbox. It'll look really good on PS5, too. I mean, you have to remember that these new consoles are like mid-tier PCs at this point. Like, they are pretty high up there graphically. And for something like a 1080, 1070, it, there's a good chance that the Xbox graphics will rival that. Plus, it's going to be optimized for that versus a PC. So, uh, it really depends. I think it's going to overall, if you're on a high-end PC, it's going to look better. But if you're looking at, like, different features like quick resume, uh, I mean, velocity architecture, different things like that as well, there will be advantages. Sony's fast SSD uh, will also come into play, I'm sure, as well. Uh, so, there's going to be advantages across the board for sure. 
Sonic Frontiers, uh, our good old Blue Hedgehog, is making its return here. Uh, I'm low-key kind of excited for this. A lot of people kind of calling this the Sonic Breath of the Wild game. Uh, we'll run the trailer in the background here as well. Um, but it's different, John. It's a return to form for Sonic. But it's one of those games where we really haven't seen Sonic, I mean, in a mainline game in a while, it feels like. Like, he did the Mario in the Olympics with Sonic kind of thing. Like, eh, mm, maybe. Uh, and he's had some other games where you run around. I think Colors got remastered a little while back. But this is going to be a little bit different. It's Sega kind of taking some chances, trying something a little bit more open world and different. You still have the iconic running around that Sonic games usually have. But with that being said, there are the open world aspects that should change things up, uh, allow more player choice as well, and hopefully reintroduce Sonic to a new generation. Yeah, I think this looks great. I, I, I love how they take a, a classic idea uh, like the OG Sonic games from like Sega Genesis and put a modern twist on it, having an open world. Uh, version of the level like there's uh, uh, earlier in the trailer for here on Twitch uh, you would have seen some areas that uh, look identical to those OG levels uh, from the early Sonic games that look really really freaking cool now in full 3D uh, format of the 21st century uh, more open wor world aspect to it more dimensions just more power overall in this game I think it looks great. I'm super excited for it. Um, I'm a big Sonic fan. Uh, Joey, I know you are too. Um, so I, this is definitely one that's on my list as well. Yeah, man. Big fan of the Blue Hedgehog. I honestly haven't played a Sonic game in so long. I feel like it's been a this is going to date me a little bit, but I think it was a Sega console that I may have played my last Sonic game on. Ooh. So it's been, it's been a minute. Uh, and I don't even think that console was mine. I think I owned it from someone else owning it first. So it's been, <laughs> it's been a while back. Um, with that being said, this one coming everywhere, PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo Switch, and I believe PC as well. So it will be out there. It will be available if you guys want to jump in and hang around with Blue Hedgehog, maybe his friend Tails, maybe some Knuckle Shadow action as well. Uh, I'm sure they'll all be involved in some way or another with this one. So you can check that out. It did get a release date as well, November 8th, 2022. Next up was possibly one of the biggest games announced today. Uh, one that I don't think many people saw coming. Jeff initially announced that this team would be showing their next game. Uh, this is the team behind a game that I'm going to forget off the top of my head, but I will find it before we're done with the segment. Uh, it's cool. I think this is a really cool team that I can't think of the game, and it's going to drive me crazy. It's the underwater game. John, help me. Uh, do, 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 do. I can't help you because where my notes are is the same screen that's playing the video. I got it. It's okay. <laughs> I've got you covered as well as myself. It's the IP from the makers of Subnautica. Uh, super famous game. It was one of the ones that won a ton of awards when it initially came out. That team is now moving on to their next IP, a completely brand new IP, but not only a new IP, an IP based on something from Brandon Sanderson, probably the most prolific fantasy writer of all time, up there with CSS or CS Lewis, uh, Tolkien, all those big fantasy writers. Sanderson has probably at this point come close to outselling them if he hasn't at this point already. Uh, super famous. So this is going to be his IP along with this team. He wrote all the lore behind it. Uh, it's going to be a really cool setting. I mean, I love the maps here. Kind of taking like what you would see in Warhammer 40K, like some of those mini figurines. There's going to be a paint aspect. There's a tactical tabletop board game aspects as well. Uh, this to me looks really cool, John. I'm not typically like a strategy tabletop type of guy. With that being said, I think Sanderson being involved, all the lore that is definitely going to come with this, and just the, I don't know, approachable <laughs> aspect of the strategy game so far from what we've seen looks really cool. <laughs> Clue in chat. Um, yeah, I, I think it does look great. I mean, that's one of the things I don't like about tabletop games is like 
having to measure out the distance, see if you actually can make the attack, then you argue over uh, uh, millimeters and centimeters. Oh, can my character actually reach her character? Is the terrain in the way? Blah, 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 blah. Um, this might actually get me to play a game like that more. I do enjoy the strategy aspect of it. I do enjoy um, the digital painting aspect of it because I am not artistic in real life. I can't paint a minifigure, let alone a full-size figure, let alone a room without it being patchy all over the place. Um, I just don't paint. Painting's not my thing. But in-game painting, I can do that. Well, um, yeah, let I'm me gonna... ask you. So is that going to be therapeutic for you or frustrating, in-game painting? Oh, in-game painting is going to be great. It's, it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be amazing. Because if I make a mistake, it's, I mean, it's easier to correct. And and you can see it better versus a crappy lit room uh, when you're trying to paint something like white or blue or something. And you're just like, oh, this looks fine. And someone else comes in and goes, no, it is not fine. You missed half a room. I'm just like, I don't know what you're talking about. So, yeah, it's yeah, not good. I don't know how I feel about it yet. I'm one of those people that, like, when I'm in Photoshop, I use a little tool to get around the edge of things. Like, even if it's the magnet tool, it has to be, like, perfect, and I can't have too many bad edges. So I feel like this, to me, could be frustrating to paint these figures. Uh, but I do love strategy. I love tactics, as many of you guys know. I think that is going to be a very fun aspect. Uh, on top of collecting, I think collecting is very cool, too, and it seems like this will have a collection aspect to it as well. So one to look for there. Again, Moonbreaker, probably the... I would say the most unique... IP that was announced today as far as like new IPs with nothing really based on it because uh, it's completely new it's different and it's got Sanderson behind it so a lot of cool stuff there next up is a new gaming IP but an IP that's been around for the ages and it's based on Pinocchio this one Lies of P is probably going to be an indie game of the year contender uh, I think it comes out in 2023 if I remember correctly but it is definitely one to look forward to here. It also trended number one internationally worldwide on Twitter uh, as a game that really caught a lot of attention. With that being said, some of that may be that it is day one on Game Pass, a really big secure for Xbox there as well. Uh, that could have been some of the reason we see a push to that. But overall, I love the idea of a darker Pinocchio game, John, and I think that kind of is a cool aspect to begin with. Where, where Pinocchio lies on purpose to get, to get a long nose so he can use it to kill people. Oh, my gosh. No, is that not what is that not where we're going with here? I mean, he's got a sword involved here. It's kind of for those who play Dark Souls and Bloodborne. There, a lot of people comparing it to Bloodborne, it being a Souls-like game, um, but some darker elements for those live with us on Twitch are already kind of seeing some of those appear here on screen. The combat looks good to me though, John. And again, I think Pinocchio. Again, not to spoil something that's been out for it feels like 30, 40 years at this point at least. Uh, there are darker elements to that story as well, and I think this really encapsulates those on top of building on them. Pinocchio just wants to be a real boy, and if you stop him, he's going to kill you. Oh, my gosh. Are you going to be playing Lies of P good, sir? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I'll watch other people play it, but it's, I was never a fan of Pinocchio. I'm not going to be a fan of a dark Pinocchio game. I don't know. Look, if I got nothing else to do uh, and I'm looking for a game, maybe. Uh, I think. Don't get me wrong. I think, I think the trailer looks great. I think, I, I think it looks fantastic. The graphics are amazing here. Um <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. It kind of looks like uh, uh, what's the guy's name that was in uh, Dune? Uh, 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 oh, Timothy it totally Chalamet. does. Yeah, it yeah, really yeah, does. Hundred percent. So Chalamet I'm, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever it is. It's something French. I apologize. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, I you know I'm down to probably watch somebody else play it, but I don't know. I I may or may not play it. Yeah. See, Chad agrees. The movie was dark. The movie was hella dark. Like selling kids involved, that circus is creepy AF. Like, <laughs> Clue broke it down in chat. Shall uh, may. 
There we go. Our French <laughs> translation has come through. Thank you, chat. Beautiful stuff. Uh, oh, my gosh. Panicking Pat is defending it. Yo, Pat, there were dark elements of Pinocchio. If you go back and watch that thing, mm-mm. Old man plays with Toy Boy. Nothing. See, I mean, that alone just sounds just, sketch to me. Just the <laughs> phrase Toy Boy is like sus times 10. Uh, so that, that's, that's not good. Some of the skills he's doing in this trailer, by the way, look sick. I know, unfortunately, podcast listeners can't see it. Highly recommend checking out this trailer. Uh, again, guys, of everything shown today, this is the one that trended number one overall worldwide. So definitely worth checking this out if you are a podcast listener as well. Uh, okay, next up, John, on our this list is going to be Atlas what Falling. <laughs> what is he doing? He oh, said, no. <laughs> with, with Sneaky, would I download it then? Um, let me know when the mod happens and, 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 and I'll make a decision then. How about yeah, that? that's a different type of wood going on there, chat. Uh, with that being said, Atlas Falling, John, is next on our list. Let's get this preview going for Twitch. Uh, this is a game I didn't expect to see and something I really wasn't sure what it was. Uh, at first I thought it was Forspoken, but I'm like, he just said world premiere. Is Jeff really pulling our leg like that? This to me is very similar to the game Forspoken that is in the works at Square Enix. Uh, it didn't look so great the last couple times we saw it, and then the most recent time it looked like the graphics had been polished. Uh, this one rather looks really good from the start. Seems like a really cool game. Uh, on top of that, I think it's going to take away a little bit of that Forspoken audience. That is a two-year PlayStation exclusive. They paid a lot of money for that. Um, but this coming in and looking very similar, I think, is a big win for Xbox and Nintendo Switch as well. Uh, assuming it is on Nintendo Switch, it may not be. Uh, but it's very into the deities and different gods and things like that. Uh, a lot of sand action, but the combat itself looks super fluid from the CGI trailer, at least. Yeah, the, the CGI trailer looks absolutely incredible. Uh, definitely want to see more of it. And I, I, I don't know. I'm excited for it. Um, it's on the list for sure, but um, we'll see. We'll Do see you need to have any sneaky elements in this one to jump into mm, it? or uh, Excuse me. I'm not the one that brought sneaky up at all. So don't you come in here throwing that at me, sir. Gotcha, gotcha. Sorry for that. Light clap back, but it came back to me in the end. Uh, I Yeah, I think the other cool thing with this is just the sand stuff going on in the trailer. Again, f sorry for the podcast listeners. Um, but there is a lot of sand formation coming on here, and it kind of looks cool of the different magical elements also involved. It looks like there's some like conjuring of weapons that go on during the combat. On top of that, these kind of sand beings that pop up from the ground. Uh, so a lot of kind of world building that we're seeing in this initial trailer as well. A lot of mystery still out there too. Not really sure who these characters are, why they're fighting against these creatures, uh, where these creatures are coming from, and why this really... I mean, the whole place is in ruin, at least from the little bit we see, what happened to this city or this town and how it's going to continue to build upon the story as we go. And I don't remember. We'll have to wait till the end. It is 2023 is when this one comes out. Um, and I do think this was another theme we saw throughout today's show, John, is pretty much everything is coming out either late 2022 or early 2023. Uh, so a lot of that focus that we saw from the Xbox show in the summer where Gamescom decided to kind of keep it to the next year ahead as well. Platforms for that one, PS5, Xbox Series X and S, and PC. So only new-gen consoles plus PC. Next up, a game that John and I both don't play, but it is huge. One of the biggest games in the world right now, and that is Genshin Impact. It's getting version 3. Uh, I think this game is gorgeous. Uh, very Breath of the Wild looking with some anime graphics mixed in for the characters. My biggest setback with this game is that it's a gacha game. In order to get those special characters, those new release characters, you have to pull on banners. You could be pulling for free and probably not get most of them. Or you could pay hundreds of thousands of dollars and get all the characters you want. That, to me, is the issue. 
I'm okay paying $60 for a game. I'm not okay spending hundreds upon hundreds of dollars for a game. And yes, you can still clear the content if you don't get these characters, um, but it does become a lot easier if you can unlock certain elements and stronger characters with higher skills and capabilities. Um, I can't deny that it looks gorgeous, though, and I love the idea of a rainforest biome. Yeah, I think it looks fantastic. Um, I, too, am not a huge fan of, of the gotcha mechanic. I don't uh, enjoy that. Uh, we're not going to go into the whole gambling, not gambling kind of thing here, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I don't like it. I, I Yeah, that's probably one of the biggest reasons why a lot of people who want to play this game don't play this game uh, is because of that mechanic, and it's, it's unfortunate. So if you guys like open world games, if you like that Breath of the Wild style, it's definitely worth checking out. Again, if you're committing to unlocking all the characters or unlocking the most powerful characters, you're probably going to spend a pretty penny to do so. With that being said, if you're okay and content with grinding out the content and having maybe a little bit of a harder time with the lower level characters, it's definitely worth checking out version 3 here. Paco smells like FIFA. Uh, very <laughs> FIFA. Very, very FIFA. Uh, yeah, very FIFA. And it's by a Chinese company that continues to release these gacha games and makes tons and tons of money doing it. So don't expect their model to change anytime soon. Next up is an indie <laughs> game, Wyro Song. Uh, this was a quick CGI trailer, but it's one that kind of caught our eye here at Level Up and OTN. Uh, John will go ahead and play it on stream for you guys, but it is one that it doesn't, it kind of leaves us very much in mystery. We don't really know too much of what's going on here. Uh, lots of different information involved as far as the team that's involved with it. You have Fallout, Elder Scrolls, The Outer Worlds, these super famous RPG developers involved with the game. So lots of experience coming in. Something Wicked Games, the one behind it. But again, just a very simple CGI trailer kind of teasing uh, some mythology, some mystery, and some different secrets that you might involve when this eventually comes out. Uh, I think we'll probably see gameplay in a near showcase, maybe the Game Awards later this year, maybe next year's E3 tile showcase. Uh, with that being said, I think this is one worth putting on your radar. Wow, chat is going downhill very quickly, just like FIFA sales. Uh, with that being said, uh, let's keep it moving. We're going to go to Age of Empires I was going to say next. something here. I was going to say go ahead, something. Go ahead. Let's hear what you have to say about, what is this, word song? Wyro song? Wyro. That's an o. I was going to say it was a very demon goat with long nails looking character on screen. <laughs> demon goat with long nails. Ladies and gentlemen, that is what we waited for here. The demon goat has made its appearance. Uh, we'll see if they make their appearance in our next game, Age of Empires. I don't know of the Demon Goat civilization, but it could be added in future DLC. For now, we do have two new empires making their way. For those who play Civilization, these two you'll be able to recognize. That is the Malians and the Ottomans making their way into Age of Empires as the newest civilizations. I love that they've taken this kind of live service. I feel like the game itself is solid enough. There's some good campaign action. There's a number of, I think, like 8 to 10 civs that are available to play. But the idea of adding more empires, more civilizations as we go on, I think is a good move for Age of Empires. On top of that, I'm very curious to hear more about the unique units that these two will bring to the board. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the Ottomans. Uh, I am excited that they're finally joining the game here. Uh, it's going to be a civilization I enjoy playing quite a bit uh, in this new game. I enjoy playing them in the last uh, versions of Age of Empires as well. Uh, super excited for it. I, I think it's going to be really, really cool. So have you ever, I don't think I've touched either one of these in like Civilization or Age of Empires. Have you touched either one of these civs in one point or another? I just said I touched the Ottoman. Okay, so that, okay, <laughs> I thought that's what you said. So can you explain to me what they did or do you remember any of the unique parts of them? I feel like I played um, against them, but I didn't know them well enough. Uh, a lot of siege weapons, uh, a lot of heavy damage, 
Um, uh, was Molly nah, nah. the one where you had to like travel around and like the cities traveled with them, or like island? Like were they big like boat people? I do not believe so. The Ottomans remember. were. Um, the Ottomans, yeah, they were slower if I remember in tech heavy. Uh, so they were more. Uh, I mean, not they weren't landlocked because they were around the Mediterranean. Um, Molly but, was gold income according to Profit and Chat. Yes. So yeah, it, it's more. Yeah, something like that. Anywho. As yeah. you can tell, we don't have a ton of experience <laughs> with these civilizations. Uh, not typically in, in the, the ones we gravitate In the old games, yes, but I can't, remember, I can't remember the last time I played Age of Empires 2, though, was. Yeah, it's been a minute since Age of Empires or even Civilization playing with these two. Um, I've definitely countered against them before. Um, I feel like the Malians were pretty good navally for some reason, but I could be wrong there. Maybe I'm thinking too much of Moana. Uh, with that being said, I think these are cool. I think it's interesting to see some different civilizations involved in here, uh, regardless of what their unique units end up being. I typically gravitate toward the Chinese, uh, as Panicking Pat and John both know. Uh, I do love me some nest of bees. Uh, I think that's such a fun unit. It's like seeing firecrackers go off, and I'm a big fan of fireworks as well. So that has been a ton of fun. But I'm interested to try these two out. Again, we saw some drummers involved there. Uh, I think that was the Malians with the drummers. So I don't know if that's a way to like boost up the hype of your team before going into battle, if that kind of gets your troops' awareness a little bit higher or boosts some stats. Uh, it will be interesting to see exactly what those abilities are as we get closer to that launch. Anything else you want to say about Age of Empires DLC? I, you know what? I want you to say one more thing. If you could add any civilization that's not in there already, what would it be? Not including these two. Um, from ancient times? Uh, I mean, they've they've done a really good job at hitting all the main ones that shaped a lot of, of history. Um, from chat, Aztecs from SB Transmissions podcast. Aztecs uh, would be a good one. I Mayans would, would be, be cool. another one. Um, I think that would be great. Um, Incans. I don't know if Incan. I'm sure they've been done in some game, but they would be interesting. Uh Panicking Pat with Mayans. Yeah, I, I think Mayans, Incans, Aztecs, I, I, I think those would be good civilizations to add in as well. Um, and definitely have more of a, a, a Western influence. Uh, Mesopotamia. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is interesting uh, too, yeah. But yeah, I, I, think, I think seeing more uh, South America, Latin America-based uh, early civilizations being introduced to the game, I think that would be really, really cool. Macedonia could be an interesting one with like Alexander the Great. Mm -hmm. I feel like that could be kind of cool. Um, but again, it, yeah, it kind of comes down to like unique units, right? Like what are these mm -hmm. units going to be? What really set that civilization apart and how they, and they continue to bring unique pieces to uh, whether it be civilization or age of empire. So Egyptian I'm excited to see what they keep adding. One. I think the biggest thing for me with these new additions is I hope we get campaigns as well. Like I love the idea of these new civs jumping into multiplayer and single player, but imagine if we get kind of that like history channel esque campaign that we had with the rest of them for these ones too. I think that would be pretty cool to dive more into their history as well. Oh, you mean the things that people absolutely hate because God forbid they actually some people something? hate them. You liked them, OG Flavortown liked them. I I think they're cool. I think it's a fun way. They're quick too. It's not like it's taking you twenty minutes to watch this video. It's like a little four or five minute clip or whatever here and there before a battle starts or after one ends. So. I love learning about trebuchets and the different things people put inside of them, even though it was absolutely gross to hear some of the things, but I think it is cool and unique, and I love that now, they did that. 
the one thing I absolutely loved was when they took videos and satellite imagery from present day areas where the battles occurred. And then they had the the line and, and like stick figure esque. Oh, where drawings they drew over it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Over top to kind of show you in present day what it would have looked like. I think that's really, really, really cool. Yeah, some really cool stuff there. So that's the AoE DLC again, guys. That one is available on Game Pass, currently available on PC. There's rumors of it coming to Xbox console. Don't know if it's actually going to happen, but if it does, uh, we'll see how that does adapt over there. And then if you're in China, uh, for the very few Chinese listeners, we probably have one here. It is available on mobile devices over there as well for some reason. So that is a thing too. Next Are you up, John. Me your, your, your stock in Tencent <laughs> doesn't pull in the Chinese listeners? Well, it's funny. Actually, I think it's Tencent to develop the game. So Microsoft owned the IP, paid Tencent to develop it for mobile, and their Timmy Studios ended up creating it. And it's a huge hit over there in China. Uh, China, or China, rather. The Chinese are a civilization within the game, too. So that kind of probably adds to the hype and excitement. But now they get a few more civs to play with, too. Welcome back. Hey, there we go. <laughs> the smirk was correct that time. Next up is Gotham Knights, ladies and gentlemen. We're going dark, but without Batman in the cities of Gotham. Uh, we do have other characters like Red Hood, Nightwing, and more to accompany us. John, we got our another look at the Court of Owls. I don't know if they've actually appeared in the trailer much more than teasers before, but now we know a little bit more of some of the villains we'll be facing in this game. I know this is one you in particular are very stoked for, and it has gone gold, so it's sticking with its release date of October 21st, 2022. Yeah, super pumped for this. Uh, Batman's dead, thank God. Uh, no one likes Batman, so uh, Batman's just a terrible character. So now it's going to be uh, Robin, Batgirl, Red Hood. Uh, it, it's it's an all-star cast, really, of, of heroes finally coming into the spotlight. <laughs> it's Pat. I knew that would trigger Pat a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I think this looked great. I, I think the new trailer is fantastic. Uh, super, super pumped. Uh, for this game, I'm I'm stoked to be playing uh, Tim Drake's Robin uh, in this game. It's gonna be absolutely fantastic. It's I, I'm excited for it. It's definitely a game that's easily uh, uh, top five on my games to playlist going forward. And on top of that, we saw a lot more villains than I was expecting. Like the Court of Owls has different villains involved. We got some Harley Quinn action. There's Joker appearances. Uh, we see Mr. Freeze, I believe, in this trailer as well. So a number of different appearances that we have not seen any trailers leading up to this as of yet. So I'm glad we're finally seeing some of those iconic villains make their way in here as well. At least what they're going to look like in the game, what version they decided to go with. On top of that, yeah, SB Transmissions is mentioning Nightwing. I think I mentioned him at the top, but he will probably be the character that I choose to jump into with. Uh, assuming it's pick one of these four characters and see what happens. John giving me the shake of the head. You're a Red Hood guy, correct? Oh, Robin. You're going to Robin. break. That's so, right. Well, you have to remember, so three out of the four playable characters used to be Robin. Right. Uh, so, I mean, don't get me wrong, Robin's a stop. Awesome. So regardless of which version. Uh, but the cool thing is, is you're supposed to choose between all four per mission based upon their skill set. So can you technically pick one and just play through the entire game with them? Yeah, you probably could, but you're probably going to have an easier time. Uh, or, or a more enjoyable experience if you rotate through the characters based upon their skills for that level. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll probably try to beat it with just Robin alone, but that's just me. Um, but yeah, uh, super excited for it. Um, I think it looks great. October 21st can't be here fast enough. 
Yeah, I'm just glad it went gold. I was afraid this was going to get delayed. It was another one where we kind of had poor graphics initially during the first few showings. They took a while to show gameplay. Then we saw gameplay and it looked a little, uh, we'll say choppy here and there. Like frame rate wasn't quite there, but it's definitely improved over time. I'm a little bummed we didn't get gameplay today with it being just about a month and a half away. Uh, with that being said, we saw so many new villains. We got new looks at all the heroes, uh, new environment looks as well. So I think they did deliver in that department. Next up on the list of games, this one, uh, I know OG Flavortown is not going to be stoked about this one, but it has to be said, it's been long in the works. It's been one a lot of people have been waiting for. Uh, this is going to be the sequel to legendary title Dead Island. Dead Island 2 has now officially been announced. Uh, it was teased. A lot of people thought it was going to be the Goat Simulator 3 announcement. Uh, when we, or They thought it was going to be the Dead Island 2 announcement when it was actually Goat Simulator back at Summer Game Fest. Now we do have a look at Dead Island 2. They gave us a long CGI trailer, and then they gave us a gameplay trailer that we will dive into here on Twitch. With that being said, I'm not the biggest zombie game person. I enjoy a zombie game here and there. Uh, this one, if you want to grab some melee weapons and just swing at zombies for days endlessly, this is a game for you. Uh, it does take place, I believe, in like a fictional version of L.A. Uh, unfortunately, L.A., at least to my knowledge, is still not an island at this point. So the whole island title becomes questionable according to Twitter. Um, but it is one of those things to look forward to if you guys are interested in Dead Island. There is a lot of cool aspects that you will see here in both the CGI trailer and the gameplay trailer. So definitely check those out. John, as our resident zombie expert here, along with OG Flavortown or SB Transmissions rather in chat... Uh, what are your thoughts on Dead Island 2, and did you ever play the original? No, and I'm not going to play the sequel because, no. It's an overdone trope, and I don't care about it. And more people need to stop caring about it. So, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, look, the, the, the trailer looks great. Uh, the graphics look great. The CGI trailer is amazing. Uh, but, yeah, I just, again, I have a hard time grasping zombie games because they're just so overdone and they all feel the same. It's a post-apocalyptic. It's either horror or it's a comedy or, you know, it's very few and far in between. And then, you you know, people think it's so popular that, you know, even Marvel picks up, uh, picks up on it and puts in the Doctor Strange movie and makes the Doctor Strange movie absolute crap because of it. Uh, personal opinion. But, uh, but yeah, I just... I just have a hard time with zombie games. Like when they first started coming out, yeah, they were great. But now the problem is it's like every game announcement, every game show we have has like 18 million different zombie games in it. It's so overdone and cool. It's great. If you love zombies, if that's your thing, cool. Good for you. Congratulations. Enjoy your 80,000th game of zombies uh, where it's essentially the exact same thing with just a slightly different story. Uh, but to me, it's like I just, I just can't get invested in a game that I feel like I can pick up anywhere and get the same exact experience. Yeah, I mean, they, there will be differences. Uh, it is a little bit of a different perspective. If I remember correctly, it's a third-person game. You're coming in. You're, it's very melee-heavy uh, versus like a Left 4 Dead, a Back 4 Blood, where there, it's first-person, and there are some melee aspects, but a lot of people choose to build with guns involved. Um, overall, I think it's one of those games that I'm personally not going to pick up, but I think it will be popular. It, again, it's been a game that's been asked for for so long, uh, whether it be a smaller cult following or a bigger one that comes from this, as we've seen kind of uh, Dark Souls was not the biggest genre, but when Elden Ring came out, it became a huge thing. So maybe it's something we see with Dead Island 2. Maybe this is the zombie game of all zombie games. Uh, if I had to put my stock in a zombie game, 
I think State of Decay 3 is probably going to redefine the genre. Um, but overall, this is another one that, again, a lot of people have been asking for. So at least it's finally getting a sequel. Those were our biggest games to mention. Again, there were a lot of games during the showcase today. It ended up somewhere around 35 to 40 different games shown. Just going to talk about a couple more as we start to wind down the show and then give you an idea of what some of the other games coming the rest of the week will be as far as showcases. Uh, next up is going to be Where Wind Meets, or Where Winds Meet, rather. Uh, this is a Japanese-style game. I think it actually is, it might be Chinese. The Sing Dynasty might be Chinese. Again, sorry guys if I'm getting that incorrect. Um, but this one takes place in Northern Sing Dynasty territory. Uh, it sounds very interesting. It has a really cool art style to it. Again, we saw Ghost of Tsushima do a really good job jumping into Asian culture when it did with Japan. Uh, it's really taking that samurai genre on and making it into its own type of thing with a very cinematic version as well. Uh, this kind of taking a similar style, but again, I believe Northern China here uh, coming in very artistic. I'm very curious to see what some of the boss battles end up looking like, but from what we've seen so far, the graphics look phenomenal. The combat looks very good. Uh, this is early footage, keep in mind. Some of the stuff looks, to me at least, in the combat gameplay aspect you'll see here on Twitch. I think some of the frame rate does drop. It looks a little bit choppy to me at least. Uh, it could just be my eyes, but I feel like there's a little bit of a frame rate drop that hopefully will be cleaned up before this one eventually launches. Yeah, and, and a lot of times in, in games like this, there's built-in delays uh, just so it's easier to kind of read what your attacker is going to do which may lead to some of that choppiness. It doesn't really translate well into a game trailer, into a game preview, if you will. Um, but, but yeah, I definitely see what you're saying there. I think the gameplay looks looks decent uh, for, for what it is. The graphics look amazing. Uh, super excited uh, that it takes place in a very interesting part of Chinese history. Uh, so uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it. Um, I, I, I don't know if I'll end up playing it, but uh, I, it's a game that definitely has me intrigued for sure. T-Spans asked for that one. Um, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, it is. It's interesting. It's one of those games that I think has a cool, unique style. I love some of these Asian culture games. I feel like Ghost of Tsushima did a really good job. Uh, I'm curious to see. There's a rumor that one of the Assassin's Creed Infinity settings will be Japan, uh, where you'll kind of be training on as a ninja instead of a full-on assassin like you normally would. I'm super excited for that. Uh, I think anything in these Asian settings is really cool, depending especially if they go into kind of that... Um, I guess feudal period is at least what it would be called in Japan. Not sure about China, um, but I am very curious about this overall. Uh, as far as other announcements, Sean, again, there were so many announcements. I think if chat, if you have any games you want us to touch on, we've touched on quite a few. I think we're close to about 15 to 20 at this point of the 35 to 40 games. Uh, there were a number of other announcements I think stood out. Uh, the biggest other one probably as far as like mainline titles would be Destiny 2 Lightfall. That one got a new cinematic trailer. Uh, that to me looks something like Tron meets Cyberpunk-esque uh, style. Uh, really cool colors involved, almost like an 80s color palette. Uh, it was interesting to look at, and for Destiny players, I think that one will be exciting to look forward to as well. Um, there was some other cool stuff like The Lords of Fallen, now getting a sequel as well. Uh, Dark Souls-like-esque games, so one of those kind of punishing games. Undead elements involved as well, and a really great soundtrack, at least when it came to the trailer. Uh, Tortuga Pirate's Tale was probably the least impressive game for me. I know up there is John's PlayStation controller reveal, um, but I do it's think... not a game. The, hey, you're not, not a game. wrong. Uh, but the Tortuga Pirate's Tale, I feel like that is just a... 
I mean, it's like a steep hill that game has to climb, right? Sea of Thieves is popping off. It has tons and tons of players. On top of that, you're going up against another game that Ubisoft is releasing in Skull and Bones, and you're this kind of laggy-looking pirate game. Uh, I would not want to be in that place. Again, I feel for indie devs, and I hope it does well. Um, but it is a game that, at least from the alpha footage we saw, it has a long way to go. What were your thoughts on today's showcase, though, John? So as we kind of wind down on the opening night live and preview the rest of Gamescom ahead before we wrap up today's show, uh, what would you rate? I know you didn't get to see the whole thing, but from what you saw, what would you kind of rate it? I think it was a solid seven. I think if PlayStation uh, did not do the controller announcement, I probably would have given it a 7.75. Um, but uh, it was almost a full point loss based upon Sony's uh, irresponsibility. Oh my and really, I, I, I blame IGN also for, for not accepting that as, a, as an ad on their website, which is what, it's, uh, was what it really should be because it wasn't worthy of being in the showcase. Uh, but nonetheless, I, I give it a solid seven. I think it was very good. I, I, I don't think it was necessarily bad. I think most of the games hit. I thought the trailers were great. I thought the CGI trailers were fantastic. I don't think it was a two hours that felt like it was dragging on. I felt it was a very well-energized two hours that didn't crash and burn towards the end like some of the other ones that we saw earlier this year. Yeah, I think for that reason, I'm going to bump it up to an eight for my rating. I feel like it hit a good variety of titles. You had stuff from RTS to first-person shooters to third-person melee games. Uh, On top of that, we didn't end up with a ton of space thriller horror games. Uh, That was one of the big criticisms John and I had for the Summer Game Fest. It was like five of those involved. This one, we had one space horror thriller game with a couple other space element games, so there was a little bit more variety there. Uh, On top of that, I think the pacing was really good. It was a good mix of kind of moving from game style to game style, so it kind of always kept someone involved and someone interested in one way or another uh, versus some of these other showcases where it could be the same genre back-to-back, and certain people who aren't interested in that genre may tune out. So I think overall it was an eight for me. I think there was some good stuff, not as many AAA hits, but again, I think Sony's holding their own showcase in a couple weeks. I think September 8th, Ubisoft has their own showcase coming up. I think September 10th, Nintendo is going to do Nintendo things. Uh, They're not technically attending Gamescom, but they do have something later this week as well for Splatoon 3. Uh, And I think Harvestella is also there. So there's a number of big AAA games missing. Xbox also not really making an appearance outside of a PC Game Pass ad and some other Game Pass titles. Um, overall, I think missing those and still getting the job done is a big credit to Jeff Keeley, uh, really pulling it together. So last but not least, let's look ahead, John. There are some other events going on this week, uh, kicking things off. So again, today was destiny Two. They showed the new Lightfall. Uh, a little bit of a look at the expansion. I think they showed gameplay. I didn't get a tune in for the showcase, but definitely some CGI aspects. Then after that was opening night live ran two hours again, showed about 40 some games in total. So what are we looking for for the rest of the week? Tomorrow on Wednesday, August 24th at 2 p.m. is the future game show. Uh, A number of games will be shown there. Again, think more indies, single and double A games. There might be a couple triple A games there, but it's not going to be big, big triple A shown off there. Uh, It is a fun show, though. I think they did one over the summer that was pretty good as well. Uh, August 25th, this is not a showcase, but Xbox will be live streaming from the show floor. Uh, There's going to be some developer interviews, some new footage shown for a couple of their games that have already been announced. I don't think Starfield is there, uh, so don't look for Starfield, but you will get a couple other things like Grounded is getting close to release. Uh, Peniment, that art style game that's coming out in October, I believe, uh, should be there as well. So you'll get a number of little game interviews there. The Nintendo Treehouse, again, not technically part of Gamescom. That one coming August 25th, 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, focused on Splatoon 3. 
I know we have some Splatoon players in chat. I never really got into Splatoon yet, uh, but maybe Splatoon 3 will be different, kind of paint the town per se, uh, and also Harvestella over there from Square Enix. And then last but not least, on Friday, August 26th, 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time, and this one is the awesome Indie Showcase. So if you're looking for a lot of AAA games, you're probably not going to get them throughout the rest of Gamescom outside of ones that have already been announced. If you're looking for indies or new footage for those AAA games, you should get quite a bit of that. Uh, I think there's something like 60-some games that should still be announced this week. A lot of the embargoes... Did I just freeze, by the way, or am I still good? I did just freeze, didn't I? You did. Okay, there we go. Yeah, my Twitch thing went into loading mode. Sorry, guys. Cox Internet is not the greatest. Uh, we are not sponsored by them, and I do not recommend them. Uh, with that being said, <laughs> um, there is plenty of other action to look forward to. There should be about 60 more game announcements coming out this week, uh, maybe even north of 75. There's so many embargoes from emails that don't unlock until later. They started to unlock today. Uh, a number of them will unlock throughout the week, some tomorrow, some Thursday, and so on and so forth, all the way through Sunday. So look forward to a lot of new game announcements. Again, 95% or so of those are probably more indie games, um, but some really exciting ones mixed in there as well. So now that I said all that, John, is there anything in particular you're looking forward to for the rest of Gamescom? We are right at our one-hour mark, so we're getting ready to wrap up here. Um, I'm stoked with what we saw so far, and I'm curious if there's any other games or announcements of sorts that you're looking forward to with the rest of Gamescom. No, I'm like I said prior to going into uh, Gamescom. I'm trying to keep the bar a little bit low. Uh, don't want to kind of overhype myself to, to see uh, or to ex expect something earth shattering. Even though I do feel like uh, today's event was great, uh, probably one of the better, if not best, showcase we've gotten so far this year. Uh, again, based upon pacing, announcements, and just the overall energy, how everything flowed well. Uh, there wasn't a lot of downtime, a lot of lows based upon announcements, again, other than uh, PlayStation's controller. But that was at the very beginning. So it's like, okay, if we're going to hit the low, let's hit it really early and then just go up from there. Uh, so that, I thought that was great. Uh, but yeah, overall, I, th I think they did a fantastic job. I got to see trailers, CGI trailers, gameplay trailers of the games I wanted to see. Uh, super excited for the new Civs uh, coming to Age of Empires. Uh, absolutely love what we saw from Gotham Knights. Um you know, I thought, you know, the Dune game looked absolutely amazing. The fact that we got in-depth gameplay uh, and graphic updates from Hogwarts Legacy, that really uh, hit home for me. That was something I was really excited to see. Uh, made me feel pretty good at the end of the, at the, end of the uh, event. Uh, so overall, I think it was very well done. Um, and I think keeping my bar pretty low for, for this uh, uh, show paid off. <laughs> I'm actually happy with it. It's weird. Yeah, I think that's honestly the way to go into all these showcases, if we're being honest. Like, keep your bar low. Sure, there's going to be some stuff that leaks on Twitter or leaks on Instagram or whatever. Uh, but if you keep that bar low, unfortunately, there was one thing that I thought was supposed to be here being Bioshock. Uh, that one, unfortunately, not making an appearance. So super bummed about that. Um, but other than that, I think I was pretty on par with this one. I thought Jeff did a good job mixing things up again, as we mentioned, uh, keeping that variety in there as well. Uh, as far as showcases for this year, OG Flavortown or SB Transmissions, that name change is going to kill me, uh, brings us up in chat. Uh, the Xbox Showcase is still his favorite of the year. I think I'd agree. I think they did a really good job with their summer showcase. Uh, how about you? Has anything stood out for you for the best showcase so far? Uh, yeah, uh, Xbox is for sure uh, is is number one. I, I think the battle for number two is a very loose battle. I, I think it's like almost anyone's battle. I would almost argue Gamescom. I would fits too, in there at number two. Yeah, um, especially just in comparison with some of the other stuff that we saw. That was just like 
you know, it, it's a two hour show, but it felt like five hours because it dragged on forever or the interviews were boring. Uh, some of the pre-recorded stuff, you know, what blows my mind is how can you have a pre-recorded uh, show and have it still be that bad? Um, you know, again, doing what you can with with the pandemic, with the lockdowns and so on and so forth. I get that. But if you're going to pre-record a show uh, and you have the ability to edit before you actually put it out there, I think you should spend a little bit more time editing. Uh, and and that's what essentially was a downfall of, of some of these other shows. Uh, so Gamescom, definitely a strong number two. And then it's a very wide chasm between two and three uh, when it comes to, to game shows that we've had this uh, game showcase, I should say, uh, for uh, for this year. So Xbox is a solid number one. Gamescom, solid number two. Uh, 15 Grand Canyons later, uh, we have number three. Yeah, and I think number three will come out probably in early September. I think PlayStation has a lot of good stuff to show. Uh, we know Spider-Man 2. We should get some footage for that one. That should be exciting. Uh, they have some other titles. I don't know if Factions is going to get shown off yet, but the t remake will get shown at some point here in the near future. Uh, they have some other surprise titles to bring out as well. So, I think PlayStation will be in the top three. I don't know exactly where they fall, whether it be one, two, or three, uh, but I think they will be up there. On top of that, Ubisoft, I think Assassin's Creed Infinity, a lot of people give flack to Assassin's Creed. I personally had not played a game since Assassin's Creed 2, which is like, I don't know, 14 titles later, I finally played Origins. I really enjoyed it. Uh, set in Egypt and kind of a little bit of touching Greece and Italy here and there. Um, but overall, I thought it was a really cool game, and I think it's one of those ones that as they move into this new Infinity platform, per se, uh, Japan being one of those settings, I think will be really cool as well. So we'll see what other things Ubisoft brings to the table. Uh, unfortunately, Avatar has been delayed from November, so it's going to release in 2023 now. Um, but that one could be making an appearance at the Ubisoft Showcase. Maybe we see that Ubisoft Star Wars title as well, that open world title. I think it was announced April 2021. Uh, so it should be one of the things that maybe they eventually make their way in as well. Um, but overall, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of different things to look forward to, whether it be Sony Showcase, Ubisoft Showcase, or other things down the road. Uh, it's going to be one of those things to keep an eye on. Ah, you guys got hit with the ad. Uh, yeah, we <laughs> I meant to turn those off for the podcast. We forgot about that. We're going to put them on for the normal streams because um, there's a lot more revenue that comes from those for us affiliates now here on Twitch. Uh, but thank you guys for viewing that. It does come back to us, so we really much appreciate it. And it gives you more reason to subscribe to the podcast. And, John, where can you subscribe to the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> what a horrible segue to shill for money. My God, is that what it's come down to? Ladies and gentlemen, uh, boys and girls, help us buy our next 24-pack of ramen noodles because in this economy, <laughs> who can afford anything else? Uh, yeah, uh, it's brutal out there. Uh, yeah, sub. Um, Twitch.tv slash OTN Media. I mean... Amazon Prime that ish, or if you have a spare five bucks, do it that way, or just wait till next time when we turn it off during the podcast. You can do that also. Who'd have guessed? Um, but yeah, cool stuff there. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. At least everyone got different ads. See, we brought variety to the table, just like Gamescom and Jeff Keeley here. Uh, exciting stuff there. With that being said, John, I think that wraps up today's show. If you guys haven't already, subscribe to Gamer Bites. Uh, I believe that is bit.ly forward slash GamerBite sign up, if I remember correctly, a capital G, B, and S. On top of that, John, there's other places they can reach us. And a nice little closing that you're going to read out now. 
Well, Nation Joy's already done half of it, but we're going to go ahead and repeat it as that will do it for this special edition of Level Up Live. Before you go, head on over to patreon.com slash OTN consider becoming a part of the Overtime Network. In return, you'll get access to exclusive content that nobody else in the world can get unless they are a part of OTN Media. If you haven't done so already, make sure you follow the show on Twitch and sub to it so you can avoid those <laughs> pesky ads that Joey put on there uh, to catch next episode of Level Up Live. You listen to the show on our podcast feed. Congratulations. There's no ads on that yet until Joey gets his greedy little hands on it. Please do leave us a review. The Level Up Podcast is available on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, and any other podcatcher of your choice. Just look us up. We would love to hear from you. In fact, we'd love to hear from our community so much. There's multiple ways you can reach out to us. Joey, what are those ways? Absolutely, Level Up Nation. Head on over to Twitter and find us at Level Up Live. That is LVLUP Live. In addition to that, you can follow the Umbrella Company OTN Media on Twitter and Facebook as well. That is at OTN Media. Also on Instagram at OTN underscore media. Last but not least, you can follow us on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash OTN Media. If you're generous and want to subscribe, you can avoid those ads at the end of the show as well. Uh, again, twitch.tv forward slash OTN Media. Level up typically Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern time. I'm going to go in the show now before Joey charges me to, to finish reading the, the script here to, to close the show out. Make sure you tune in on Thursday, September 1st, as we are back to our normal date and time as we continue to cover the latest and greatest in gaming esports news. Do your ears and eyes a favor. Hit that sub and follow button to know when the next episode is ready for your listening and entertainment pleasures. We'll catch you all next week. Remember, be nice to your fellow gamers online. T-Spans with the Amazon Prime because he wants to avoid the ads. Joey, you are welcome. <laughs> and as always, level, level up. up.